today. Take this sacrifice of praise, O oh God. Hallelujah, God. I ask you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I lift my voice in praise to you, Lord. You are worthy, Almighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, he's worthy of your praise. He's worthy of all your glory and honor and thanksgiving, oh God. I worship you, God, for who you are. I worship you because you are the almighty God. You are the bread of life, oh God. You are my comforter, my doorway, oh God. There is none like you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He's worthy of your praise. Oh, yes. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Praise Him in the sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmaments of His power. Praise Him for His money acts. Praise Him according to His excellence and greatness. Praise Him with the trumpet. Praise Him with the psalmstery and heart. Praise Him with string instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the high cymbals. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Let everything that have breath praise the lord praise ye the lord today amen he's worthy of your praise he's worthy of your glory he's worthy of your honor oh yes god i worship you god forever and ever and evermore god i will say of the lord that he is my refuge and my strength a very present help in the times of trouble there is none like you god i give thanks to you lord for all that you do hallelujah jesus oh yes god the heavens declare the glory of the lord and the firmament show forth this handy works day unto day they utter speech and night unto night they show forth knowledge there is no speech nor language that their voices is not heard his lines is gone unto the ends of the earth and his word to the ends of the world and in them have he set a tabernacle for the son who's going forth uh, is as a bridegroom cometh out of his chamber and rejoices as a strong man to run a race uh, who's going forth is to the ends of the earth uh, and the circuit unto the end thereof and there's nothing hid from the son of it uh, the law of the Lord is perfect converting the soul the testimonies of the Lord are sure making wise the simple the statutes of the Lord are right rejoicing the heart the commandments of the Lord are pure and light in the eye. The fear of the Lord is clean and doing forever. And the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them are your servants worn, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his error? Keep back thy servant from secret. False. Let not presumptuous sins have dominion over me. Then shall I not be offended with the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth, let the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. I will worship him. I will praise him. For he is good and his mercy endureth to all generations. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's something following you. Hallelujah. There's something behind you. It's called goodness and mercy. 
For surely it shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's going to be behind you forever. You can turn around and it'll be right there. Hallelujah. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to worship you forever. I'm going to worship you. Oh, yes, Lord. I'm going to worship you forever. I'm going to worship you. Yes, Lord. I'm going to worship you forever. I'm going to worship you. Yes, Lord. I'm going to worship you forever. I'm going to worship you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He's worthy of your praise. He's worthy of all your glory and honor. What a mighty God we serve. I love you, my Lord. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. He is so good to us. He is so great. He is so mighty. He is so awesome. The Bible lets us know that eyes have not seen nor ears heard the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. Amen. Just a little loving on God. Amen. There's no telling what He could reveal and open to your life today. You know your situation. You know what you go through in life. I don't. I might know if you told me, but you know what you're facing, what you're up against. But God knows all things. Amen. And He says, I stand at the door and I knock. And if any man will open up and let me come in and sup with him, amen, I will make known to him who I really am and what I'm able to do. There is nothing impossible. Amen. Hallelujah. He is so good to us. He is so kind and considerate of us. Amen. He's worthy of all our praise. Hallelujah. What a God we serve. Amen. Over a fresh and anew. The Bible says, from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, the Lord's name should be praised. Amen. As the psalmist says in the 107th Psalm, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for the wonderful works he does to for the children of men. Hallelujah. You don't know what God has protected you from. You don't know what he's delivered you from. Amen. That's why you should give him praise. <laughs> yes. You know where you was. You know what he's brought you through. Amen. As the song says, when I look back over my life and I think it over, I can truly say I've been blessed. He didn't have to do it for me. I was sinking deep in sin. Far from the peace for sure. Verily, deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more, but the master from the sea. He heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me, and now safe am I. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Hallelujah. He is a good God. 
I get excited about this stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I just get excited about it, Valerie. He's good. He's been too good to me. Hallelujah. For 65 years, he's been good to me, chat. <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, he's been good. I don't have time to tell it. That's why the writer says, amen. If I told you everything Jesus did, there wouldn't be enough room in the world to contain the books, amen, of the things that he has done. Hallelujah. But he's so good. He's so good. So good. So if I get crazy, y'all just bear with me, okay? I just love it. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Then, as the old song said, I wish somebody's soul would catch on fire, burning in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Y'all ought to get on fire. Praise God. Hallelujah. I guarantee you, man, you ought to get on fire for Christ. Amen. To the book of First Peter today. I, were you finna sing something? Go ahead. If you got something going on. Amen. First Peter one, verse eighteen. Amen. What a mighty God we are serving. Wow. If you are here and you don't have a Bible and you would like a Bible, I will give you a Bible. That's the least I can do. <laughs> is give everybody a Bible that wants a Bible because so, I want you to read the Word of God when you go home. So if you don't have one before you leave today, it says, hey, Pastor, I need a Bible. And I give you one. If I can't give you a $6 Bible, I can't give you nothing. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your father's, but with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do to believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Seeing you have purified your souls and obeyed the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Amen. And I want to minister to you from this thought today the threefold purpose of the Word of God. The threefold purpose for the Word of God. Father, we praise you again this morning, Lord. We thank you, God, again for your kindness, your love, your steadfastness. We thank you for your spirit we feel in this place this morning. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet Heavenly Dove, stay with us, God, and we give you glory and honor and praise and thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated this morning. The threefold purpose for the Word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, an old couple was sitting on the front porch one night and you know, they had just finished dinner and 
they walked out and sitting on the porch and they were swinging on their swing and you know as elderly couples do they begin to have small talk and the wife turns to the husband and she says to him dear you know what I would love to have and he says what's that honey she says I would love to have me some vanilla ice cream with chocolate syrup on it he says well I'll just go down to the store and get some of that for you she says well you better write it down because last time you went you forgot he says oh no I'm not going to forget vanilla ice cream and chocolate syrup anybody can So he gets in his car, and he's gone for about 45 minutes. And he returns, and he's got a brown paper bag. And he reaches in the paper bag, and he pulls out and hands her a ham and cheese sandwich. She says, see, I told you you should write that down because I wanted mustard on mine. So, okay, she wanted ice cream, remember? She forgot. Amen. (laughs) So if you think you might forget what I'm going to tell you today, you might want to write it down. (laughs) Amen. When we look at the New Testament, amen, and we see the letters that are written into the church, most of us as Christians can tell us something about Simon Peter. Most of us have read enough and heard enough about Peter that if I was to ask you to tell me something about Simon Peter, you could tell me. We know that Simon Peter had a temper by all accounts of the Word of God. We know that Simon Peter was given the keys to the kingdom of God by Jesus Christ. We know that Peter walked on water, amen, which few of us do. We know that he denied the Lord three times after Jesus was arrested. We know that Peter cuffed off Malcolm's ear in the garden with a sword the night that Jesus was arrested in the garden. We know that Peter had a brother named Andrew. We know that Peter was married. He had a wife, even though some churches try to say that he doesn't. Amen. We know that Peter was a fisherman. And we know that Peter preached the first message of salvation on the day of Pentecost. It was Peter who Jesus says that he would become a rock. In other words, what Jesus was saying about Simon Peter was, when I finish with him, he's going to be firm and he's going to be solid for use in my church. And that's the same thing that God has for you and us. And I, excuse me, if we would allow him the opportunity to operate and to work in our lives, we can become a solid pillar in the church. As we read through the New Testament Bible or the New Testament letters written to the church, we see that the Apostle Paul wrote more letters to the church than Peter did. We would think that if Jesus had given me the keys to the kingdom, I would have been the one that wrote the most of the letters. Amen. But we see what we find when we read the first and second epistle of Simon Peter. We see that there seems to be kind of small letters, but really Peter wrote these letters in the latter part of his life. Amen. Whereas when you look at Paul's letters, Paul seems to write his letters to 
the church as he preaches to them and as he visited them and as he goes back and he sends a letter back. So Paul's letters are more present, uh, whereas Peter seems to put his on paper uh, in the latter. Amen. But even though the first and second epistle of Peter seems to be somewhat small, they are power-packed. Uh, and this is why the Bible tells you and I in Zechariah 4.10, don't despise the day of small things. Uh, even though it seems to be small letters, Peter seems to be addressing not only the Jews, uh, but he's addressing the whole congregation of the church, uh, both Jew and Gentile, both Protestant and Catholic, both male and female. Peter seems to come at it from a standpoint uh, of encouragement uh, and instruction and admonition. We see that Peter's epistles are designed to fulfill the commandments that God gave him. And those three commandments that God gave to Peter was this. Number one, encourage the flock of God. Number two, strengthen the flock of God. And number three, feed the flock of God. Encourage the flock of God, strengthen the flock of God, and feed the flock of God. And so Peter begins his first epistle by telling us, Blessed be the God of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season. If need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptation, that the trial of your faith be much more precious than gold that perisheth though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Whom having not seen you love, whom though now you see him not you believe, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receive the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul, First Peter 1, 3-9. So Peter begins by thrusting out to you and I, the importance of faith. He wants us to understand that it requires faith when you're going through things in your life and that you need to hold on to your faith and not allow the trials and the tests and the things that comes into your life to cause you to lose your faith and hope in Jesus Christ. He wants you to know that you are not brought with corruptible things as silver and gold. Uh, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. So he begins and he wants you to hold on to your faith. Amen. He wants you to understand that even though you're going to suffer, he begins to talk about these things. Uh, he begins to let us know that there's going to be some suffering as you serve Christ. There's going to be some suffering as you're going through things in your life. He says in First Peter 4, Beloved, uh, thinking not strange concerning the fire 
trials, uh, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. He says, but rejoice. And that that is set before us uh, 
who is the author and the finisher of our faith. The writer says there's a crown that's laid up for you, but you've got to run this race with patience. You've got to run it right. So Peter says, lay aside all the malice and all the gall, because Jesus had no gall in his mouth. He wasn't about getting even with anybody. He was the true thing. He was not a hypocrite like the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the scribes. You should not be envying one another. You should not be speaking evil of one another. But as newborn babies, he says you should desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. In other words, you want to get into the word of God. You want to get deep into this thing so that you can grow. Amen. He says it's time that you become a true Christian, a true Christian. It's time for you to be the real deal in your life. Amen. He says it's time for you that when people see you and you say that you're a Christian, that they speak exactly what you say. He says it's time for you to get committed into the things of God. Amen. He says get some commitment so that you can win. Because if you don't get commitment, you'll never win the race. You'll never complete the race. Nothing is completed without commitment. People jump church to church, jobs to jobs, all because there's no commitment. You've got to have commitment in your life. Amen. Nothing gets done without commitment. So Peter is saying, get into the Word of God. Amen. He says, wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious, uh, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Uh, the reason so many people are confounded today is because they don't believe in Jesus. You can call yourself anything you want, but I guarantee you, if you start believing in Jesus, you're going to make a change. I can say I'm homosexual all day long, but I guarantee if I start believing in Jesus Christ, I ain't going to be. Because it'll go against the Word of God. I, I can go to AA and they can tell me I'm an alcoholic forever. But when I start believing in Jesus Christ, uh-uh, no more. Because my Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, all things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. I used to be a drunk. Yeah, I used to be a doper. I used to be a women's hater. But thank God for the blood. That's what I used to be. But I'm not that anymore. Because if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things become new. Amen. You are the word of God will bring a change into your life when you commit yourself to this thing. Peter goes on says, before Christ came to you, you was nothing. But now that Christ is in you, you are everything. You are precious to him. You are
are part of the building. You are part of the fellowship. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a peculiar people that you should show up the praises of him which has called you out of darkness unto his marvelous light. He said you are a lovely stone and built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable unto God by Jesus Christ. He said you are now special to God. Amen. The word of God, he says, is designed to bring you encouragement. Job says, he knows the way that I take. And when I'm tried, I shall come forth like gold. Amen. He says, I have not gone back from his commandments. He says, I have esteemed his word more than my necessary food. I'm here to tell you, it is in the word of God. Job said, there's hope for a tree. If it be cut down, that it will live again. He said, though the roots white soul in the earth, uh, and though the stock thereof be dead in the ground, he says, yet through the scent of water, it will bud uh, and bring forth a bulb uh, like a plant. Uh, I'm here to tell you, amen, as a tree, amen, you are called to be a tree. But if you cut down, if you get cut down, if you don't get up, uh, if someone don't move you, that's where you're going to lay. If I cut on a tree where it falls, that's where it's going to stay. Unless someone moves it or accepts it. But notice what's, what's happening. A lot of people get knocked down, and that's where you stay. You want to stay right there. You don't want to get up and try again. Micah says a just man falls seven times but he rises up again. He says, I'm not going to stay there. I'm not going to lay on a bed of lies uh, when I know truth. Amen. God loves me. Amen. And so the word of God uh, is designed, amen, to build us up. Uh, David said, thy word uh, is a lamp unto my feet. Uh, it is a light unto my pathway. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, and of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, come upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumble and they fall. He said, though a host encamp against me, and this my heart would not fear. Though war rise against me, and this I will be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion, and the secret of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me on a rock, and my head will be higher above mine enemies round about me. Therefore, when I open his tabernacle, the sacrifices of joy, I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises unto the Lord. He says, when my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord is going to pick me up. Ain't you glad that God will reach down and pick you up? He says, God is my refuge, and God is my strength, a very present help in trouble. Solomon says in Proverbs.
the righteous can run into it and be saved. You see, when David says in Psalms 46, God is my refuge and my strength. You see, when God led the children of Israel out of Egypt, as they crossed and getting ready to cross the Jordan River, God told Moses, he says, I want you to develop six cities called refuge. And I want you to have three on this side of the Jordan, and I want you to have three on that side of the Jordan. So that if a person accidentally killed anyone, he could flee to that city and he would have refuge until he had a fair trial. Amen. So we see in John chapter 8, amen, when the Sadducees and the Pharisees brought the woman caught in adultery, they brought her and thrust her right before Jesus. Amen. What they failed to realize was they were bringing her into the city of refuge. Amen. And so Jesus looks at them. Amen. As they began to say, Moses said in the law that such should be killed or stoned. What said you? Jesus wrote on the ground. I think as a pastor he wrote, well, if you caught her in adultery, where is the guy? Because the law said they both shall be put to death. So they only bring her, but they said, we caught her. Well, you should have caught him. And so what we find, Jesus stands up. He says, if you want to be the judge, then let me put you on trial. And so he said to them, ye without sins, cast the first stone. Amen. And as a result, they start dropping their stones. They start walking away because they had sin in their lives. Amen. And so when they're all gone, now the judge of the city, amen, of refuge, Jesus Christ, turns to the woman and says, Where are your kids? Has any man accused you? She says, None, Lord. They're all gone. They ain't got no, she ain't got nobody to accuse her. And Jesus says, Neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. You see, that's the purpose for the city of refuge. There were six, six of them, three on this side and three on this side. But when Jesus came, he became the seventh city of refuge. Amen. Because it becomes complete. This is why Hebrews said, Abraham looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. I'm here to tell you, you can always find refuge and the things of God, because the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous can run into it and be safe. Amen. Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So anytime you run to Jesus, you've got refuge. And this is what Peter is trying to get us to see with the encouraging Word. Amen. He says, no matter the trials, no matter the temptations, that you go through, you can always
they comfort me. You prepare the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Notice, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So no matter where you go, if you need mercy, all you got to do is turn around. That's why repentance is so key in life. When you did wrong and you're looking for some forgiveness and mercy, all you got to do is do about face and turn around. And he's right there for you. That's why it's called repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises to you, to your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The Word of God is designed to lift us up. They that dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadows of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I will trust. Surely He shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the northern pestilence. He will cover me with His feathers, and under His wings you shall trust. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that fly by day, nor the pestilence walks in darkness, nor the destruction that wasted at noonday. A thousand can fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come nigh thee. Only with thine own eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, which is your refuge, even the Most High, your habitation. There shall no evil befall you, and neither shall the plague come nigh your dwelling, because he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep you in all his ways. They shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the serpent and the lion, upon the dragon and the adder. You shall trample on their feet, because he has set his love upon you. Amen. I will call, and he will answer. He will deliver me. He will be with me in trouble. He will set me on high and make known to me his salvation. God is my refuge. And God is my strength. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. For when I fall, I'm going to get up. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord is still going to be a light for me. Amen.
together. When you start seeing the value and the importance of who you really are, when you realize what I've chosen you to do, Peter, then I want you to start strengthening the brethren. I want you to start making them stable. I want you to make them firm. I want you to make them steadfast and unmovable. I want you to teach them how to live right, to live holy, to be an example, Peter. I want you to show them the right roads to get on and to stay on. I want you to strengthen them in every part of their lives by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And this is why Peter is so strong in his writing to the church about the word of God. Paul lets us know that the gospel did not come in word only, but it came in power. And it came in the Holy Ghost. And it came in much assurance. The word has so much assurance. It has so much power in it. Nothing should be able to knock you down. You can't strengthen your brethren if you keep doing wrong. This is what God was trying to get you to see. You can't strengthen me as long as you keep backstabbing and gossiping, talking about people. You can't strengthen me. You can't strengthen me as long as you have prejudice in your heart. You can't strengthen me as long as you don't have commitment to serve God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You can't strengthen me if I can't depend on you to be where you're supposed to be. You can't strengthen me if you don't know the Word of God. You can't strengthen me if you won't give of yourself to the things of God. You can't strengthen me if you're always reactive and never proactive. You can never strengthen me as long as you murmur and complain continually. You can't strengthen me if all you do is take and never give. So until you get yourself converted,
Word of God does nothing for you until you put your faith to it. Amen. You've got to add your faith to the Word of God. You can murmur and complain all day long, but nothing is going to happen until you put your faith to the Word of God. If you want to see changes take place in your life, put the faith to it. Amen. Because without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith without works, James says, is dead. You've got to get it alive. Amen. You've got to mix it with your word. The children of Israel could not enter the promised land, the Bible says, because when they heard, they did not mix it with their faith.
will stay forever. And if Jesus tonight, he was being destroyed, he was traded. He took his disciples up into the upper room. Amen. And he began to have communion with them. Amen. And he took a piece of bread and he broke it and said, This is my body.
that when you realize you did wrong, you're going to turn around. And God will let you in His loving arms and put you back on the right track. Maybe you're here today and you've strayed away a little bit. You feel like you're far too back. But I want to encourage you today. Let Him put you back on the right track. Let Him help you get back on that right track. And as the musicians play, amen, I'm going to open these altars. Would, amen, I'm asking you to make a new commitment to God. That's all I want you to do is make a commitment to God. So God, I'm going to serve you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And just say for it. I'm getting in the race. And I'm going to run this race with patience. Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of my faith. He's here for you. If you've never been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ get you on that right track. On the day of Pentecost, they asked Peter, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall with many other words did he testify and exalt, saying, Save yourself from this untoward generation. I want you to know God wants you to change. He wants to convert you today. But it starts with the Word of God and you making a commitment to Him. So as they pray this morning, these altars are open.